reporting live from the Seahawks podcast with more quarterbacking talent than the Chicago Bears. It's the Seahawks Nest Podcast. Truth. Yeah, all right. I'm Nathan Santo. <laughs> Joined here with Kevin Garber playing playing Bears quarterback Mike Glennon. Uh, you're redheaded. You can't help I got it. That. That yeah, was, you're that. That's your acting job. I refuse to be typecast. <laughs> I'll break out. Playing. I am Connor Shaw. Playing rookie quarterback Mitchell Trubisky, Eric Ronnebeck. Gonna say, don't uh, don't give me Mitchell Trubisky. I want to be Mitchell Trubisky. All right, and I get that, the full Mitchell. And you guys, that makes me Nathan Santo. You're Mark Sanchez. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Hey man, you almost made it to two Super Bowls. What happened? Yeah, exactly. I I, I shined bright and then uh, butt fumbled my way. <laughs> Down to the Bears. I'm about to say you can't be uh, Mark Sanchez because, according to fantasy football, you've actually won something. <gasps> yeah, seriously. All right, so that, Sanchez. So uh, Sanchez. let's go ahead and get started. We are going to start off as always with a little, as we do in the off season, with a little Seahawks news. Uh, Michael Bennett, number one story of the week, according to Reddit Seahawks. Uh, Michael Bennett working on a book titled Things That Make White People Uncomfortable. And I think the first, it should just be one page, and the first page should just say everything. But, I mean, <laughs> but uh, this is what Mike Bennett wants to work on. So what do you guys think about uh, Mike's, uh, Mike's book? If Michael Bennett is writing it, I am going to read it. I really hope that he uh, records his own reading of it. <laughs> Or yes. who he gets to read it is going to be critical. Because the, the Mike Bennett audiobook would be great. The audiobook of this should be amazing. I hope he does it with his brother. I hope they, they tag team it. That would be awesome, Kevin. I would. It, this is quickly. This is fast tracking its way to my Christmas list. Uh, then uh, the other big story that came out this week: Russell Wilson, uh, or not Russell Wilson? Sorry, Richard Sherman addressing his uh, words that he's had with Russell Wilson. He said, "Iron sharpens iron," uh, which is uh, not true, but I think it's from the Bible or something. So that's why he said it. Uh, but uh, what what do you guys think uh, about Richard's comment that they're 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 in a business relationship and that iron sharpens iron? My question is. I did not read this. I saw the article. Didn't click on it. Are these recent words or just the criticism that was perceived, but we has never been verified? Uh, this was no. This wait. Uh, this is he very basically verified it in the interview. Okay. He said he said like yeah I've I've been had I've got I've gotten heated with with uh with Russell before, but we're professionals and this is how we work things out. And iron sharpens iron. You know I think. What that's alluding to is pretty clear, and that is, you know, you go up against the best, it pushes you to be better. Fine. That's true. Move on. Uh, as far as the criticisms go, I mean, it's a bunch of alpha personalities in the locker room. Like, it's a bunch of people who are driven, who push. I mean, if there weren't any arguments and a team's underachieving what they think their goal is, that's also a bad sign. So, I mean, you know, winning is that salve that heals all wounds. Yeah, uh, yeah I... I think that it's certainly possible that the the that the main point here though for me okay let me let me like backtrack a little bit the main point here for me is that he said in the interview no one gets on Tom Brady for not hanging out with Malcolm Butler and that's a hundred percent a true statement and I think that I'd be more concerned about how way Sherman fit in the team if like Earl Thomas had like significant beef with Richard Sherman or if Baldwin was calling out uh, Russ all the time the, in the same way. A bigger problem for me is that Sherman needs to like focus on the defense and not be like so involved in trying to influence offensive play calling. I agree. We should have ran in the Super Bowl, but get over it. Move on with your life. And, you know, like let's 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 go ahead and stick to what we know. You're a great a great world class defender. Be a world great world-class defender and let Russell the world-class quarterback run his offense I just feel like Sherman's never met a fight that he could say no to and that's his personality and uh I don't know I think we're gonna have a real good team this year and Richard Sherman arguing I feel like it's got to be part of the team all right uh last year's highest graded Seahawk according to pro football focus Cam Chancellor came in with a 91.2 now, people are saying that there's a good shot, you know, Cam Chancellor might, we have already kind of drafted our Cam Chancellor replacements and that we might be moving on from Cam Chancellor with Delano Hill. Do you think that, guys think that this is a mistake? Do we need to hold on to Cam? Or is the price going to be too high to keep the Legion of Boom, you know, those core three Legion of Boom members together? Can I give you another scenario that might play into this? Well, is it the Justin Britt contract? 
It's the Justin Bit pro- uh, Justin Brick contract because the Jags just signed their center for five years, fifty to sixty mil extension. Yeah, so the Justin Brick contract is going to be very instrumental. Thanks. So we're going to be choosing between picking up an offensive lineman. If so this, we we can choose like a top five offensive the, lineman or Cam. The first, the first, uh, he would be the first offensive lineman to pick up a second contract in our system. The I think being on the Seahawks offensive line might actually deflate his value league wide though, and and there's a chance that maybe we can get him cheap. We'll get him cheaper than that. But it still means that you're going to be paying him like eight. Yeah, eight eight seems about like the number. Uh, okay, how about this? Three. There's three guys. Let me frame this a different way up for you guys. There's three guys who are going to be up for contract. They're all pretty important to what the Seahawks want to do. Cam Chancellor, Jimmy Jimmy Graham, and Justin Britt. Rank them number one, two, and three in terms of which one you would like to keep. Eric, I'm going to you first. Uh, we'll go James Graham because I feel like the Seahawks view him as a vital asset. And if he's used correctly, he is. Uh, Justin Britt, second. You know how much I love Cam, but this, you know, we need a gelling offensive line. We've talked about the gentleman drafted Kevin who can play multiple positions on the line. Yes, uh, I feel like I'm not. I'm not so sure we're going to just slot him in at center, and that would put Cam third. Having said that, the Seahawks said that you know we're gonna we're gonna try and resign Cam, and then Cam said it. Uh, you know, I, I I'm going to take the Seahawks at their word. I don't know what that means if they're going to lowball him and he's going to walk, or if a deal's going to get worked so out. So you're saying Golden Tate 2.0? Yeah, some something will happen. Meaning, uh, obviously, something's going to happen, but. What I mean is either he will resign and it will be for a, a, a team-friendly number but still respectful of what Cam deserves or Cam is going to walk and that'll be that and he won't be as good on another team as he was here. All right, Kevin, what's your what's your ranking of the three potential uh, walk-away guys for the Seahawks? If Justin Britt's a top 10 center, he is number one on my list for right. resign. We need to start investing in that offensive line. We keep talking about, you know, the offense moved away from uh, Marshawn Lynch. It was supposed to be Russell's offense to take over. And I think that's part of assembling a squad that's going to allow him to do so. Not to mention our run blocking is also terrible. We need to do something to help that. Second on the list, I have Bam Bam Cam Chancellor because he does fill a great role on our defense. I think that he is a replaceable cog in what we do, but he's unique, and what he does is impressive. I'd like to have him for a couple more years. I feel like Jimmy Graham is a replaceable asset. You can get a big pass-catching tight end. That is the easiest to get that it has ever been, and for the amount that we use it, we're wrapping up a lot of resources in him already. He is a distant third, as in the third round pick, the compensatory pick we're going to get when Jimmy Graham walks. Oh, I see. I'm, I'm like on the opposite end. It's like Jimmy Graham is a very difficult asset to replace. He's second in DVOA last year for tight ends, even though he only had 900 yards. He's very efficient and, and fits really well into our offense. Uh, I like actually would like to have Graham back the most out of any of the three. I think that the team doesn't really have a plan either for how to replace him. I think Vanette is their like for like replacement for Luke Wilson, and they like if we don't have Jimmy Graham next year, like we just have Nick Vanette, and that's not we're not going to be getting much out of our tight end position. Uh, so I would put Graham first, and. I think that there's almost no way the team doesn't bring back Grant, Graham. The the way that they've set up. They seem more prepared to lose the other two players than they do to lose Graham. Uh, in terms of like the center, they have another center that they're trying to develop. The safety, they have another safety that they're trying to develop. I think the team is willing to let Cam walk mostly because of the style that he plays. It's a very physical style. He's 29 years old. At some point, it is going to catch up to him, right? He's going to have nagging injuries. Football is really hard on people's bodies. And I think that they're trying to look ahead and say... If Cam is going to get hurt, where are we going to be? We talked about it. That's a size and a skill set that doesn't age gracefully. No. It's so that, so for me, if I had to rank them, I'd probably put Graham first, Britt second, and Cam third. And I, and I get the feeling that, that, that maybe I'm being influenced by that's where I think the team's going. So I'm preparing myself mentally for that to happen. Does, does that make sense? Whereas, that's kind of exactly I, what I think I thought, if it was yeah. like my, my, heart's, my heart's rankings, I want Cam the most. I love watching Cam Chancellor play football more than almost any player in the NFL. So for me, like my heart says, I want Cam back. Uh, I've seen our offensive line be terrible 
for year after year. It would be nice to see one of our guys get a second contract. So I want to see Britt back. Uh, Jimmy Graham hasn't had a thousand yard season yet in a Seahawks uniform. And so it's kind of hard for me to be like super excited, but the efficiency stats are there for Jimmy Graham. So I like understand that there's some, it's, it's a, it's a product of our offense, right? Yes. We run an efficiency offense. We don't run like a crazy Russell's never going to throw for 5,000 yards in our offense. I would be stunned, you know? So it's, it's just, it's just different. We do different things. And so I have to accept that. Like when I watch film, Doug Baldwin is like one of the top five, most impressive wide receivers I ever watched film of. And I watch like a lot of film of all the teams and Graham is the same way. It's just, the numbers will never be there. Just like they will never really be there for Doug because of what we do. So that's kind of where I'm at on it. Um, so yeah, heart rankings, Cam, Britt, uh, Graham, but, but head rankings, Graham, uh, Britt, Cam. So Britt second in both, I guess. Oh my, someone just did like a, like a e-brake turn in my, uh, outside my house right there. It's how, it's how you know you're cool when your car, you can do that. Too fast, too furious, federal way, Washington. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, one more thing I wanted to point out, uh, there's a, a nice stat came up this week that kind of illustrates, um, people have got in contact with me about my they said i was just a Derek carr hot take and that i'm just down on Derek carr and i'm being salty and that okay so i've heard it already so a stat came up this week in the nfl subreddit and i wanted to bring it up in the entire car era the raiders have a 2 and 16 record against playoff teams both wins are against brock osweiler the second half of that is my favorite statistic in the entire world yeah, it's they're <laughs> both against brock osweiler um so in the number one comment the number one comment sums up how I feel. It's from a Detroit Lions fan. Flory3AW says, Welcome to the Your QB Sucks Against Good Teams mailing list, Raiders fans. It's a grand old time. And I agree. Ooh. That is what the Lions have been for years. And that is what Derek Carr's, Derek Carr's in that Stafford tier, man. He's in that like good but not great. He's inaccurate on medium range throws. He doesn't impress me on film. It's like it's the same reason I don't like Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz only throws out of the shotgun. Like It's like, it's like eh, I can't get into these guys. That, and it, it brings up an interesting question for me that I want to get into on here. Is the next generation of quarterbacks not taking over? Why Why is the next generation of quarterbacks not taking over? We've got this past generation, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Eli and Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning just retired, but he won a Super Bowl in his final year. Uh, these old quarterbacks are kind of running the league still. And why have not... More other than Russell Wilson, like it, why are more of these young guys kind of taking over for, like the way that some quarterbacks take the league by gangbusters, right back in the day? But now it just like seems like oh, it's the old quarterbacks running things. What, I, what's up with that? I think it's because you said it. It's it's hidden in the lead, and that's uh, they're young. I mean, when Peyton Manning came into the league, he had some impressive games, but his first season he certainly wasn't that impressive. Uh, he also had a lot of hype. A lot of the quarterbacks now don't have a ton of hype. Because, you know, they're like, this guy could sure, be good. Sure, but I mean, Peyton Manning's second season, they went 13-3. and three. Yeah, but Peyton Manning, like, yeah, everyone... first season, they went, what, 6-10? and 3-13. and 3-13, three three and, than... three he yeah. threw 28 picks. Like, he had a horrible first season, but his second season, he That's was incredible. also, he, he was, was the incredible. second coming, or the, or, the, or the first coming. Like, he was supposed to be this great guy. Tom Brady is kind of like this generation's Russell Wilson, or vice versa. Meaning the guy who was drafted late... Who wasn't supposed to make? I mean, not as Russell was not drafted as late as Tom Brady, but you know what I mean. Like, not a high draft pick who just came out of nowhere to be a great. So I think you have that. I just think there it needs to grow. It needs to marinate a little, Nathan. Okay, all right. I mean, because I was just thinking, like the first five quarterbacks I'm going to draft in fantasy next year, like most of them are over, or most of them are like over thirty or almost thirty. Wasn't it the same case though in like the early two thousands? McNabb and Peyton were just pushing up, but you were still drafting. Far, if you were drafting some of these older quarterbacks that were just okay. handing, and this off. leads this leads me to my final part of thought: Is Russell Wilson going to be like the guy that that leads the next generation when these guys get too old? Like, is Russell Wilson the best of the uh, the non old quarterbacks? Like, it, how good is he? Is he is he better than all the rest? Or wh- where do you guys rank Russell compared to the others? If our line can get average and our play calling, hey Daryl Bevel, we haven't bothered you all off season. If our play calling can get consistent and positive, then yeah. But without that, no. With how many dudes we added to our line rotation that are going to be just straight up league average to slightly below average, which is much better than what we had last year, there's a chance that we could see the playbook really opening up this year. Just because when you have no time to throw and your offensive line can't block, 
it constrains everything. You, what can you really do? You're, you're, you now have to narrow down your choices to things that you can really widen out the choices next year, I feel like. The big thing was we were like bottom five in the league in negative rushes last year, and that was a killer because it made it so we were rushing less in the first quarter. We were rushing much less. Uh, Hawk Blogger talked about this. We've talked about it in the offseason. This has come up. A big part of it, Russ couldn't run. The run game was off. Rushing attempts were down. Yeah, no zone That reads. was a big part of what was killing the offense, too. The offensive line couldn't block the pass, but Russ can kind of deal with that, and we saw that. They could not block for the run, and no one respected our run game. Yeah, and the thing about the, the zone read is, is if like you do it right, like Russell Wilson's going to take one guy out of the play with the Every with time. the read. He's going to take it out with the read. Either the guy's going to crash to the running back, and he, Russell's going to run around him. That guy's out of the play now. Or he's going to freeze on Russ, and Russ is going to hand it off. That guy's out of the play now. So either way, he gets to take a guy out of the play. And in last season, he just couldn't do that. He wasn't allowed to do that. So I really think that you're right, Kevin. Bringing the zone read back and like having being uh, the ability to run with our quarterback will be huge next year. I think there's another factor, real quick, before we get off this, on the next coming of quarterbacks. I think something that can't be understated is college quarterbacks are being asked to play earlier, and they're redshirting less often. They're coming out earlier. They're often playing in less pro style. Offenses. That's the thing I was thinking is that yeah, you're you, he's going to bring up that they don't they play these spread concepts that don't apply the concepts to the NFL very well. Then the NFL drafts them, drafts them high, pays them high, doesn't sit them, doesn't coach them. You don't coach coach quarterbacks in the NFL very much, and all of that is leading to younger, less experienced, less pro ready quarterbacks being thrown into starting roles. And so it's a much more sink or swim environment than it used to be. Yeah, and, that, and I think that's a big factor. And that's like like the Eagles had some success last year, right? Throwing the ball around, and I made fun of Carson Wentz because he mostly throws out of the shotgun. Like like eighty five percent of his throws were out of the shotgun last year. But I mean, they had to do that because he came from an offense where he never came out from under center. Like they got to ease him into it. When are you can have your rookie quarterback just go out there and get murdered in a like just switching straight over to a pro style offense? That's insanity, right? Yeah, that'd be like what the Rams did. <laughs> hey man, Jared Goff was pretty accurate last year. Uh, that's, yeah, inside that's of three, because that's I got. the only place he threw. <laughs> all right, so here we go. Uh, let's get into our uh, NFC North preview. This title of this podcast was Seahawks versus the NFC North, so let's get into it. Let's start off with the Chicago Bears. Hey, speaking of rush quarterbacks that aren't ready. Chicago Bears last year went 3-13. and They're over and under is a Vegas 5.5. If you want over, you actually get plus 135, which means the under is a huge favorite, 160 minus 165. Uh We've got bringing in Quentin Demps, Prince Amakumara, Kendall Wright, Mike Glennon, and Dan Scuda. Out leaving Brian Hoyer, Alshon Jeffrey, Will Sutton, Matt Barkley, and Ted Larson. The Chicago Bears. Eric, how do you feel about what the Bears have assembled here for you? Okay. I really... <laughs> okay. He just took like a deep breath and went, okay. When you said 3-13, and 13, I was reminded, oh yeah, they only won three games last year. Like, I, I don't know why I kind of thought they won five or six, but, you know, couldn't prove it, couldn't back it up. Three and 13. They made some additions, meaning they made some signings. I do like the Prince Makamura signing. I don't like the Mitchell Trubisky draft choice at all. I don't understand it. Yeah, decide what you want to be called, man. Like, you can't go. <laughs> this is, yeah, we've gone into this. The Mitchell, Mitch, this guy uh, got yelled at by John. He got chastised by John Gruden. Because he didn't know what a hard count was? <laughs> yeah, he did not know what a hard count was. Yeah. I mean, great job. Great job, Mitchell. Really, this. He just wants a picture of a goddamn hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly feel like this kid may have some success, but ultimately, he's just starting off on some really, really bad notions. Uh, just, a, just the wrong foot. I don't like the Bears at all. Tell me what they have on offense. Okay. Uh, well, tell me what they have. And what do they have on offense? Hold on. To tell you. They have pretty good. They're they have some offensive wait, tools. Wait, 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 Outside of Mitchell Trubisky. Tell me what they Mike have Lennon. on defense. Okay. There's a bigger problem. Dude. Tell, it, that's the, what I was saying. Is there is a huge? There's there, not a huge. There's a there's a a little off balance thing there. You know, it's Kevin. All three phases. Tell me what they have on special teams. You got to finish it. Come on. Exactly. What I'm saying. Connor Barth. You can even say what do they have on coaching? John Fox. I'm not anti John Fox. Like I think you guys might be. Peyton Manning is. John Fox. John Fox real average. Yeah, I just I feel like this team is going to regress this year, and that's not good for you know having the number one pick. Not a lot of room to regress. Kevin, you want me to go first, or do you want to go Uh, first? I'm good either way. 
Okay, I'll go first then. So let let me say this. They have decent tools on offense. Okay, Ruben Randall, Marcus Wheaton, Kevin White, Ken, Kendall Wright, and Cameron Meredith all combined. And Victor Cruz, which well, Victor Cruz is corpse. Uh, Let's say half of if Victor you combine corpse. if you combine all six of those guys, you probably can get two productive wide receivers worth of play out of them. Okay, Jordan Howard was great last year, a true revelation, uh, one of the good young running backs in the NFL. Their offensive line is okay, and uh, they're going to have Mike Glennon as the quarterback, so their offense will suffer. Um, their defense is actually not that bad, just like talent wise. Here's what happened last year: Chicago lost. If you go back and look at Pro Football, our Football Outsiders database, they lost 155.1 games last year in adjusted games lost. That is the highest amount ever put into the or put into the database since 2000. Um, the 2013 Giants had 141.3 adjusted games lost. Um, they had at least 12 players miss six games. Okay, they, it's it's just they had insanely bad injuries last year. Um, I, it's going to be like getting a bunch of new players because all these guys were hurt so much last year. The defense has talent. Danny Trevathan, Lamar Houston, uh, uh, Prince Makamura. These aren't, they're not horrible. Like on defense, they have guys, their front four is not going to create a ton of pressure. That's a problem. That's a small problem. Okay. Cause you want to get, if you, the gold standard in the NFL is to get pressure without sending extra guys. So they really need to get a lot out of their outside linebackers, which I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, Nathan, everything you're saying though is, you know they're not bad here, but they're going to struggle really bad in this one important aspect. Right. If so you switch to the other part of the ball, they're not bad here, but they're going to struggle in this one really important aspect, right. and you, that's what I'm getting at. You can't win in the NFL without a good quarterback. They're going to struggle to win, but I just think that there's a chance that they are like the frisky bad team. They're because they're going to they can't have as bad injury luck as last year. It's just not possible. Uh, so they're they'll be bad. But you know they'll be in games. They will. They will they'll not be like last year's Browns. Embarrass themselves. Uh, no, the Browns were terrible last year. <laughs> they will be better than last year's Browns. Um, Kevin, what do you think of the Bears? Yeah, I just want to bring up a couple of things on that injury point. One of those players that was chronically injured was uh, Brian Hoyer, who's gone. Another player that was injured a lot for them was Alshon Jeffrey, who's gone. Another player that was injured for them was Jay Cutler, who's gone. So some of those games missed, they're not getting those players back. Right, but they replaced them with similar with Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon is and as Mike good as Mike Glennon's as good as Jay players. Cutler. Come at me, Brett. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even sixteen joking. and zero NFL MVP. Um, Kevin White coming back if he can stay healthy, that gives him a number one receiver. He's got all the tools to be one. Marcus Wheaton and Kendall Wright, I agree, those are interesting players. Cameron Meredith, interesting player. We, they have some NFL talent. They have Josh Sitton, uh, Sitton. How do you say his name? Sitton. Sitton. Uh, Josh Sitton, Cody Whitehair, and Kyle Long is the interior of their offensive line. That's really, really good. Yeah, Bobby Massey and Charles Leno are their tackles. That's not really, really good. Yeah, Bradley Sowell will have a chance to win a tackle job on That's this all team, you need to which know. should let you know how their tackles are. That's so bad. Yikes. So uh, I, all, I do love their running back depth, though. Uh, Jordan Howard's excellent. Jeremy Langford is a functioning football player. Kadeem Carey is also a functioning football player. And uh, this is my pick for extremely fun player. If you want to just enjoy something, type in Tarek Cohen yeah, backflip. And you will see an amazing 10-second YouTube video. He's uh, li- he's little. This guy he's is five small. six, one eighty, <laughs> and he is a explosive athlete. He sounds adorable. He's really uh, he's really fun. I hope he makes the team. He could be an amazingly cool third down receiving back and special teams contributor. Yeah. Which sums up my thoughts on this team because they are special teams and need contributors. Yeah, it's... I mean, uh, Prince of Mokamura is their second corner. That's not good. No. Kyle Fuller's their top corner and can't stay healthy. That's a problem. Yeah, Kyle Fuller, if he could stay healthy, like this team, this defense could be surprisingly decent, but they need him. They like need they need Lamar him. Houston to stay healthy and supply pass rush along with Pernell McPhee. You don't, you don't but like then Prince. You're blitzing too. That's not that great. You don't like Prince as a second corner? No. As a no. second corner, he's fine. Unless you have great safety help, and they're playing Adrian Amos at safety. Yeah, they have Will Demps, though. He's not bad. Will Demps is good, and Eddie Jackson, if he's healthy, um, out of Alabama, he'd have been a first-round pick if he hadn't gotten hurt. But if he's, he hel- if he's healthy was the story of the Bears last season, and it uh, didn't, didn't work out so good. So, all right, uh, records for Bears. Eric? I went real hard on the Bears. I just couldn't find a win. This was when we were doing the schedule. I went back for a lot of teams, like, I gave this team more wins. 
Bears, 1-15. All right, Kevin. I am way more optimistic than Eric. I have them at two and fourteen. Uh, I have them at three and fourteen, but I think there's like real three and fourteen. They're winning or three and game. three and thirteen. Sorry, I have I have the I have them with some real five and eleven upside guys. <laughs> you know, I think they're going to be in a lot of games, but they just don't have the talent to finish very many of them. All right, let's head to uh, let's head to Detroit, where the Lions last year went nine and seven. Vegas has set their win loss. Over under at eight with over getting plus one twenty, which means under is a slight favorite. Uh, coming in, they had T.J. Lang, Ricky Wagner, Matt Asiata, Cornelius Washington, and Paul Warlow. That's a uh, T.J. Lang and Ricky Wagner are interior offensive linemen. Uh, leaving, they had Larry Warford, DeAndre Levy, Raphael Bush, Riley Reef, and Anquan Bolden's corpse. So, the Detroit Lions. Kevin, start us off. How do you feel about them, Lions? I really wanted to find a lot of wins for this team. There's a lot that I like about him. Uh, I'm going to go into some of the acquisitions. Uh, we all love TJ Lang and a quality interior lineman. I mean, that's an upgrade, I think, over Warford. It's not a... Here's, okay, I will... And Ricky Wagner is an upgrade, too. Okay, Ricky Wagner is an upgrade. TJ Lang to Larry Warford is not like a huge upgrade. It's like you went from a 9 to a 10. Like, they're both really yes. good. <laughs> like, I agree, TJ Lang is really good, but like... Like, their Warford was really good, too. The they, thing that I don't like is the fact they lost Taylor Decker to a, basically a season in the injury. He uh, tore a labrum, and he was their left tackle last year. He was really good at this point. If they had Riley Reif, I'd feel better. They have Greg Robinson starting at left tackle. Yeah, I was going to say, you're not which excited. Which is a good reclamation project, but ugh, I don't want to trust that. If you're going to try to say, you're going to try to save Greg Robinson and... It's like that's, like, that's a big project. Ricky Wagner's not bad, though. But they didn't address their running back issues... Uh, Amir Abdullah is a walking fumble, and Theo Riddick is a great third down back who should not be getting that many carries. I what about the great like, white hope, Zach Zenner? What about him? Um, <laughs> that's, that's a joke. I really like uh, Jared Davis, their first round pick at inside linebacker. I think he's a good pickup with DeAndre Levy is, leaving and having been hurt. He is starting day one. He's starting day one, and he is, should be. I mean, uh, he's good enough, but like that's that's a big ask for a guy who spent a lot of time injured at Florida. Like, I think I, I think he can do it, and he's replacing someone who's injured all the time. So, you know, they're used to it. Uh, the other one is uh, Jalen Tabor, Tease Tabor, the cornerback. Um, picking him up to be able to play uh, basically nickel corner, that's a massive upgrade at nickel corner for them. He is a really, really talented, high-ceiling player. They have a lot of talent on this team, but they just have some places like, you know, if Ziggy Ansah wasn't the disappearing, reappearing pass rusher, I'd feel better about him, about that, about the team. But he does just, like, go MIA sometimes. And, you know, at receiver, they picked up Kenny Galladay uh, from Northern Illinois, who's, like, a really interesting receiver who could be that third person to go along with Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. That's an interesting receiving core. But all of this gets them to, like, an interesting team, but I can't say that they're a good team, let alone you, a great team. What about Matt? They got Matt Asiata, don't forget, Kevin. They, they, he could steal some carries oh, on the goal line. how uh, could I forget? Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, As they, Kevin this team surprisingly has, like, a decent amount of talent, but, like, Tease Tabor is on the non-football injury list. He's still not practicing, and this, like, bothers me a lot that, like, he had a hamstring injury before the draft, and it's still around. Like, that's weird to this me. This is another team that loses a lot of time um, to injuries yeah, every year. It's uh Det- Detroit actually Detroit, let me look at their I have the whole list up so I can tell you. Detroit was 14th, but the year before that they were 23rd. So they they did really bad injury luck last not the year before last year. Um I just don't I don't there's nothing I love about this team. Like I just want to like what does this team do really well and I'm just like not sure exactly what they throw do really well they matthew stafford can throw long passes pretty good and he's uh just not that great like run he, right it's real average uh their running game is not going to be anything special uh they they don't have like one thing on defense i can point to and be like that's it that's their thing you know what i mean it's just a, they have a little bit of talent at every in every phase so for me i just think the lions are like kind of a bang average football team yeah. i feel like with the upgrades at offensive line that will help matt stafford i don't i'm not really down on matt stafford I'm not super high on him either but i think that is where this team gets its identity from is matt stafford's play he was getting killed last year uh they finished nine and seven last year yep, yep. that's i think that's kind of a miracle uh they yeah because they faced us in the playoffs didn't they it's the jim bob cooter effect the jim bob cooter effect yeah i uh i don't know i can't really expound any more on the lines on what's already been said except their running game 
I don't know if it's the worst in the NFL, but it's one of the bottom three. All right. So uh, the Lions, uh, I'll start it off. I have the Lions at seven and nine. I think they're they're good. They're not great. Um, that's the Lions. Uh, I have the Lions uh, being worse than last year, being nine and seven, missing the playoffs. Okay. Uh, I have them with seven and not, at seven and nine with nine and seven potential. Yeah, there's they're going to be somewhere around freaking average. There's a little upside here for sure. I agree. All right, the Vikings. The Vikings last year went eight and eight with a their over and under is set at eight and a half over at minus one twenty five, a slight favorite. Coming in, Will Sutton, Latavius Murray, Riley Reef, Mike Renners. Coming going out, Captain Munderland, Corderell Patterson, and Jake Long. Start us off, Eric. How do you feel about them Vikings? Okay, so the Vikings last year were, were supposed to be this really great team, and then Teddy Bridgewater died. And they <laughs> they they made a really awful trade for a quarterback. I felt like this team really overachieved last year. I don't like... What you said about the Lions, you don't like anything about the Lions. I don't like anything about the Vikings. I don't even like their new stadium. Adrian Peterson is uh, is gone, right? No, yep. is he still there? Yep. Gone. Gone. They drafted a running back, Dalvin Cook. He's real good. Yeah, yeah. Dalvin Cook looks good, but Adrian Peterson is, uh, Sign you know. Sign Bishop Sankey, too. Oh, boy. He's not going to make the team. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't Kevin. help it. <laughs> Kevin's crying tears. He loves his joke so much. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, don't, I don't like, uh, I don't really like a lot about this team. I like uh, their receiver, who uh, was it Gibson. Moritz Boringer? No. The German? No, Stefan Diggs. Stephon He's talking Diggs, about Diggs. Sorry. I, oh, I, I wanted to say Gibson. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin can't yeah, wait maybe, to riff on Maybe the, he really likes Adam Thielen. Kevin, no, Kevin's got a whole comedy spiel like revolved around the good. Vikings. No, I feel like uh, this team is going to tread water. That's how I feel about the Vikings. How could you say you don't have anything to like about this team and then look at their defense? There is They're, so much oh to like gosh, about their, their defense. defense is so stacked. I was no. going to say, Everson Eric, Griffin. Eric, no. You're not going to like what... Linville Joseph. Oh, I know I know what uh, you guys are going to say. They drafted Jaleel Johnson to play, who's a, a pass-rushing interior defensive tackle. They can get pressure with their front four. Xavier, they have really good linebackers. Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith, Trey Waynes. Like, the secondary is nuts. Man, how about Harrison Smith, Harrison Smith, this and Harrison defense Smith? defense was so overrated last year. Har- so overrated. Harrison Smith had a down season and still put up, like, great numbers. You know, the this thing is... This defense was say tired because you, they had to play with that offense. See, this defense is overrated, but I'm going to go back to my adjusted games loss stat, guys. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings lost 120 games last year. They had terrible injuries, third worst That's in the league. 16 games for each of Teddy Bridgewater's yeah. legs. Yes, well, <laughs> no, they just, gave, they just gave 16 games for Teddy Bridgewater, Kevin. Uh, they should have given more. But, but this team lost a lot of games last year, and I actually think they'll be a lot better because the offensive line is going to be more healthy. They can't be less healthy than last year. And Pat more talented. El- Pat Elfin... Is is back? Or it will add to is this there? line, and like they already have talent. Like they brought and in Mike Remmers and Riley Reif are both upgrades. Alex, Alex Boone, Riley Reif, like this team. This team has talent on the line. And here's my thing: Sam Bradford last year, he did a lot with very little time to throw because the offensive line was torn to shreds, and he completed seventy percent of his passes. Like the guy was playing, he played out of his mind, and I honestly think like Sam Bradford maybe like kind of not horrible. So, uh, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Sam Bradford may be kind of not horrible. I I just watched I watched a bunch of Viking games this week to prepare, and I was like, this guy is not playing bad in these games. Like he, they're they are just they can't run. So that so that that's that's the thing. He also sucks at really inopportune times, which is part of why he gets the rap that he does. If you're looking for a guy who blows it a lot. This dude blows this, it all This lot. team's going to run next year, though. Like, Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray. Like, Latavius Murray will probably be, like, they're, like, pounded in at the one back. And Dalvin Cook will just... He's going to run rampage. And Jarek McKinnon's not bad. If he's part no, of a backfield by committee instead of being, like, your bell cow, he's a functional NFL player. He's, like, a four-yards-per-carry guy. Nathan Santo, college I, graduate, masters in teaching, Perhaps I like this Vikings team. How on earth did you cram about the Vikings and change your opinion? I just on... like watched their games and I was like, okay, first of all, I watched the condensed game film, so it's only like eighteen minutes a game, and I just thought like, hey, this team's not that bad, and they just like were hurt. They had so many injuries, like and key guys too. They lost players that were really good. I want to give you another kind of rookie to watch too. This is an interesting one. They drafted Bucky Hodges, who's like six eight, out of Virginia Tech who's a pass-catching tight end. Guy can't block at all, 
But he gives him this really interesting red zone kind of weapon. So he's another interesting guy to have around. Yeah, I uh, I like I like the Vikings, and I like honestly, I'm like really sad there. I might bump them up into the playoffs on my last update. So uh, I have the Vikings at nine and seven. Kevin, what do you have the Vikings at? You know, I could not get myself past eight and eight on this Viking squad. The defense is worth seven wins, and then the offense is worth one win. Okay, you say the offense is worth one win, but Kevin Dalvin Cook. Stephon Diggs, like this good offensive line. Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford was, dude. I'm, I'm gonna encourage you to go back and, and embrace, embrace the Bradford. He's you never. Know, think about how, how hard his career has been. You spend such a time. You spend so much time building these elaborate cases against other quarterbacks, and yes. I come out as a Sam Bradford truther. I'm what sorry, I can't do this. this week, Kevin. Here, I can't do this. Let me, let me give you this, Kevin. Okay, is that think about Sam Bradford's career, just in like the fact that he's had to play with like so many terrible teams with no receiving talent and so many different coaches. Yeah, like, they also had no quarterback talent. That was another problem <laughs> on those teams. I'm just saying, like, there's a chance that Bradford just never got, like, a good shake and he could put together a really good season. I would not be surprised. He could put together a bit of a season. He's fine. He, But, like, I'm, he's not that much better than Mike Glennon. That's all I'm saying. He's way better than Mike Glennon, but okay. We'll you guys, on this one. especially Nathan, you were out of your mind. <laughs> And I'm sticking next to uh, my prediction here. I don't. I don't care. Hey, if Vegas. they start, so we have if, nine and seven, eight and eight. What are you going with? If they Eric? start six and zero, oh, I'm sticking by my prediction of six and ten. Okay, Eric, eight and a half. Oh, no you way. think we're we're crazy? But eight and a half over is a Vegas favorite. The betters agree. All right, let's go to our last team in this conference, the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers brought in Martellus Bennett, Ricky Jean Francois, and Jari Evans. And they lost TJ Lang, JC Treader, Julius Peppers, Jerry Cook, Eddie Lacy, Micah Hyde. And I want to get this out of my off my chest right now. This is a perfect example of a of a uh, of a Packers offseason. These this team refuses to add anyone via free agency. And the only reason they stay good is because Aaron Rodgers is so good, and I'm sick of it. Aaron Rodgers deserves better. Like this he deserves a better coach. Mike McCarthy sucks, and he deserves a better front office. This team will win 11 or 12 games despite all of this garbage, and it makes me angry because Aaron Rodgers deserves better. Any idiot could have brought Aaron Rodgers to three Super Bowls at this point in his career, and I'm so sick of watching the Packers piss it away with these with the with the refusal to sign any free agents. Like just Martellus Bennett is not enough, dude. You got to you go out there. You lose premier offensive linemen and you go get Jari Evans like go oh my god if I was a Packers fan I'd be so pissed like I'm pissed and just four Packers fans it's so frustrating but uh now that I got that rant off my chest the Packers went 10 and 6 last year their over under is 10 over is minus 175 so a huge favorite for over uh, I think Vegas may be thinking they went a little low on that uh Kevin actually don't no, start with you oh wait we start with Eric Glassman. Kevin go ahead and tell us about how you feel about the Packers all right so the Packers have lost three quality interior offensive linemen in the last two years, and that hurts. You know, uh, that's a problem. Because Their running back is Ty Montgomery. They ha- Well, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Corey Lindsley, as a replacement at center, he's fine. So losing J.C. Treader isn't that bad. But, I mean, they have Jari Evans and Lane Taylor to replace the guards. I'm not a believer in that. That's, that's problematic. Um, they did infuse it with some good draft talent, which is... Another thing that is a hallmark of a Green Bay team, because because yeah, if you get drafted, really interesting players. If you get drafted by Green Bay, they're not going to sign any free agents, so you're going to get a shot to play. Uh, they picked up Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones at running back in the draft. Those are both players that I think could earn some playing time and are quality runners. But, so if Ty Montgomery ends up being like the third down receiving back, and those are your primary running backs, those are guys that could get you around four yards. I mean, you carry, can't just say give me every senior college running back from the state of Utah. Okay, this is not- <laughs> Aaron Jones is from Utah. They they're BYU and UTEP, man. Like I looked it up. I know UTEP is not Utah, isn't it? U- University of Texas, Texas El Paso. Yeah. Oh dang it! I was hoping it's, I was it's thinking that, Utah State. It's I don't that know West why. Texas Magic. Okay, well anyway, this is like the they picked up Montrevis Adams at nose tackle, who I think is a really good pick, especially in the third round. Do you think he'll start? I think that one? he should start. I think he's a really quality player, and I also thought that. Uh, Kevin King was a really good pickup for what they need. But isn't like their strength weren't their strength already their secondary? Like I they thought this was so a team with good secondary. And they've lost a bunch of people in the secondary. Uh, they lost Sam Shields this year. They've lost people out of their secondary the last couple of years. Uh, um, was it Hayward? They lost. Uh, they've lost multiple players. They've been in process of a slow secondary rebuild. 
Um, I think this was a good move on their part. Okay. So they added a little bit of talent. Their schedule is cushy, honestly. Yes. And yes. then they have Aaron Rodgers. I agree Rogers. with that. Their, their schedule is like medium. And, it's not that hard. And Martellus Bennett is a great match for Aaron Rodgers, too. Uh, and there, there's somebody else I want you to think about as you're looking into this. Malachi Dupree was supposed to be like this high draft pick, and then LSU hasn't been able to throw the football at all. Malachi Dupree could be a really interesting player because Aaron Rodgers knows how to coach up a wide receiver. Yeah, well, I mean, he made Randall Cobb and Devontae Adams look good, and when we see those guys go to other, we see we see Green Bay receivers go to other teams and they struggle, and then they come back to Green Bay and they're good again. It's like, well, I wonder why that is. Maybe because they get to play with the best quarterback on earth. Yeah, so here's a talented athlete, another one to add in for him to be able to play with, which is so they've made some additions. I don't like the fact that they've let their offensive line slip. That could be a big problem, but I just don't think there's really enough talent on their schedule to make them pay. Yeah, Kendrick and Bennett is going to and Bennett is going to be a good tight end. It's the one area where you. Can can clearly see they really improved they decided like hey we're gonna have good tight ends next year they improved at running back too it's just they improved from not much yeah i mean it's an improvement over like what eddie lacy being hurt all year like if eddie lacy was over hel- one and a half eddie lacy's and uh healthy James starks being hurt. healthy eddie lacy is better than the, the running backs that they've assembled that are not ty montgomery i mean i don't know i'm like i'm like so down on this team because i just hate that they never sign free agents it's like you can't keep trying to get Drafting is like a lottery ticket. You get lucky sometimes, you get lucky, unlucky sometimes, right? Like sometimes you're just one number off, right? But the so they they can't keep playing this game. Like they're they're wasting an all time great Hall of Fame career, in my opinion. Yeah, they need another pass rusher, which they maybe think they have, but they haven't really picked up. Clay Matthews had a really not good year last year. It was the worst season of his entire career, and there's a chance that he's just not that good anymore. It was yeah, already that's like what a, I think. it was already like a sketchy skill set where like. He's just like a dirty player. He's 31 years old. Like there's a down, there's a downside. Exactly. There's a lot of downside here for Clay he, Matthews. He is football old. I, I think it's funny. I think the way Nathan, Mister Mister Statistician, the guy who who just pours over the data, this division you are leading with your heart, and you are wrong. Why? Because what you said about Minnesota, and how you know they they just had some they had some injuries. They're going to be fine. I feel that way about this Green Bay defense. I feel like they are going to be above what they were last year. Where the Lions upgraded their offensive line, I think Green Bay really hurt themselves with their offensive line. I know they hold a lot. I don't think it's going to matter. I feel like other teams in this division have harder schedules, except for the Bears, who are just bad. Uh, But like Kevin said, the Green Bay Packers have a bit of a cushy schedule. They do still have Aaron Rodgers. I feel like they get to play the Bears twice. Yeah, they're the masters of Fact. of all the running back by committees out there. Green Bay finds a way to pull it together around game eight every season, and I think they're going to continue to do that. Martellus Bennett, we've talked about him on the show because he's part of the Brothers Bennett. We love Michael Bennett. Martellus Bennett is going to give them what they've desired at tight end since four games from Jermichael Finley years ago. Yeah, before he like before died. He died. Before he broke. Rest in peace, Jermichael. Yeah, really. Love you. Uh, I, I feel, I mean, obviously this is the, the cream of the crop of the division and really the NFC. They're a really stacked team because of their quarterback. And I just feel like, I mean, we're not going to disagree on the records here. I just think, you know, your, your hatred for this team based on Mike McCarthy, I get it. But I... I don't see the praise for like Minnesota okay, and then how about this? And if, then this for Green Bay. If you put Aaron Rodgers on the Vikings and you put and you put Sam Bradford on the Packers, I would not pick the Packers to win more than nine games. And I would pick the I would pick the Vikings to win sixteen. Okay, that's how twelve, but yeah. I think the the Vikings roster because I'm gonna pick the Packers to win twelve wins right here. I think the Packers would get or the Vikings would get way better. Like they're they have more talent all over the roster except for the position that matters the most, and that's the thing: the quarterback can drag you. And Aaron Rodgers is the best player in the NFL. He just is. Like he's the best quarterback. He's the and that makes him the most important player in the NFL. And it makes the other stuff not matter as much. But they're but they're wasting him by not bringing in the support that they need. To. I agree with you, but what you just said is important. When you said, you know, if you put on Minnesota. The thing about Aaron Rodgers is he makes everyone around him better. If you give him a, a lot of great players that, I'm sorry, don't really have the room to get much better, I see a but, little bit of an improvement. But, like, why are they going into the season with $19 million in cap room? Like, there's just no reason uh, to do I that. I can't explain why they're idiots. That's a different podcast. <laughs> like, sausages. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm dis... The thing is, I am 
optimistic about Vikings compared to expectations. I think you're you're misconstruing something. Eric. I'm optimistic because the expectation for the Vikings is that they're like a seven and nine team, and I think there's upside there. For and the opposite is true for Green Bay. Like I think that they should be doing more, and they're not. Like I'm disappointed in what they're doing. That's fair. That's fair. But I think, so I think you're construing like I think Minnesota is better than Green Bay. Which I, and is I, I did misconstrue true. that, but I'll tell you what. This is the Ox Podcast. We're Tell the Truth Tuesday. And I'm just telling the truth, Nathan. I know, but I'm just letting you know. Like I, I'm so picking the Packers the twelve and four. Like I think, which means that I think the Packers are better than the Vikings. But it's because of one guy, and that's oh, absolutely. A. A. Yeah, Ron, that's why we're not talking about that. A. A. We all agree. Our Rodgers, <laughs> Royers, He's real good. Royers. All right. Uh, so what do you have? A. A. Ron Royers and the Packers. At <laughs> I have them at thirteen and three in the number two seed. I'm at 11 and 5 in the number 4 seed. All right. I think they're going to have some trouble. It's going to take them a while to establish their run game. Um, Their receiving core is so up and down, and they're going to require some injury luck in order to do particularly well this year. I have another thing, too. If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, he's never been hurt in his entire career, but if this is the season he gets hurt, this division is wide open for the Vikings and the Lions. Like, those teams are, they're not, the talent is good enough there that they could easily just snap this division up from the Packers you know and the thing with that is they lost talent on the interior of their offensive line and what has been in vogue in the NFL interior pass rush yeah get someone in Aaron Rodgers face you got to worry about that yeah and if you're Brett Brett Hundley as your backup quarterback like they're they're in serious trouble if Aaron Rodgers misses four games they're gonna lose all four hey I think uh I think uh (laughs) my opinion friend of the podcast uh Brett Hancock himself would disagree with you when you say that Aaron Rodgers has never been injured oh yeah that's true he did he did miss that one season (laughs) he missed missed that one season one game after I uh, traded him in fantasy that's right Um, so (laughs) that one's for you Brett but the I think no one player is more important to their team's success than Aaron Rodgers that's that's my opinion, and I, yeah, I, I think it's like, it's 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 a scary way to go into a season, and also Dom Capers is their defense coordinator, so they suck. All right, um, <laughs> sorry, I had to get it's my the shot opposite in. Opposite of a Jim Bob Cooter effect. I hate Dom Capers defenses so much. All right, because <laughs> they're boring. Kevin, take us. Yeah, it's like the most simple, like straight up, like oh, let's let Clay Matthews just like uh, do some dirty stuff. Okay, um, Kevin, take us to the money zone. All right, so we rolled out. Last week, talking about uh, Seahawks fans, uh, Seahawks Mass Fantasy Football. We're going to be putting that on Facebook because we have hit 100 Facebook likes. Yeah. If you would like to join the 100 Club, you can find us and on... People who already like us on Facebook, just remember, you are part of the first 100. That makes you better than everyone else. Yeah. Make sure to be hipster about it. You know, tell, tell them as you sip on your coffee and wear your uh, fedora. And say, say Milady, I was one of the first 100 fans of the Seahawks Nest <laughs> podcast. And then you can enjoy your brunch afterwards. So, uh, is this the time where I call out field goals, Kevin? Oh yeah. Okay, field goals. Why you have? Why it was blocked on Twitter? I'm still going to keep doing this until you until we figure it out. <laughs> By the way, Seahawkers, you're cool. So, with those two things in yeah. mind, if you ever want to find us, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/seahawksnest. You can find us on Twitter. We are Seahawksnest at Seahawksnest on Twitter. You can go to Patreon. And donate a little bit of that scratch that we need in order to bring up the audio quality as well as do some lucrative and fun getaway uh, giveaways. Maybe a getaway. If you give us enough money, we'd send you somewhere. <laughs> I have no problem with that. The Seahawks Nest Cruise. It is in a rowboat, but yeah. we'll <laughs> talk on, about Seahawks. On Steel Lake. <laughs> yeah, shout out to the Seahawkers podcast for not only just like, for just like mentioning for not being us a bunch on, of tool bags. For just mentioning us on Twitter or on uh, Reddit. That was nice of you guys. Uh yeah. Good, good job by you. I appreciate the support. Way to uh, be part of the community with us. Um, I like the Seahawkers. I like the UK Seahawkers podcast, too. The one that they do. Uh, yeah. One, it's fun to listen to because they got really nice accents. But this is our money zone, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> <laughs> so hit us up on Patreon. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on Instagram. We are the Seahawks Nest yeah. Podcast. Patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. If you want to just give us some money directly, uh, you can add to that number and uh, you know unlock some perks. Or also, if you know one of us, you could just literally give us money directly. We'll spend it on the podcast, that's fine. I promise. Um, yeah, well, I bought this nice new soundboard, so now I just got to like you know get that Patreon money to pay for it. So here we go. I thought it'd be fun for the Seahawks Nest Movie Club today if we broke down some of the Comic-Con trailers that came out this week. So we're going to do only movies because it's movie club. This isn't a Seahawks Nest TV club. So if you wanted to talk about Stranger Things Season 2 or Preacher Season 2, get out of here because that stuff's cool but not for not for this. 
All right, so we're going to start. We're going to go in um, alphabetical order, <laughs> I think. Yep, we're going to go in alphabetical order. So I've got nine trailers we're going to talk about. We're just going to give a quick take on each of them, and then I want you guys to rank your number one, number two, and number three. So let's start off with Bright, starring Will Smith, Numi Rapaz, and Joel Edgerton. Uh, Eric, how do you feel about the Bright trailer, the Netflix original movie coming out this December? One, I love that it's on Netflix. It's... It's cool to have a movie that you're like, oh, that looks interesting. That looks kind of cool. If this was in the theater, I don't know if I'd see it. I might if, like, you guys were going to go see it. The fact that it's on Netflix, ooh, I get to, like, you know, plan a night where I'm going to sit down and watch a movie. So that's number one. Two, I don't hate Will Smith. Will Smith's really cool. The idea that, uh, can we say what the movie's about? It's like a... Sure, it's like, it's like, it's like, um... Fantasy has invaded... No, it's, it's Orcs in the Hood. Okay? Orcs in the Hood. Okay? It's Orcs in the Hood. It's the very beginning of Shadowrun, <laughs> and it's happening in L.A. Yeah, it's uh, it looks really interesting. It looks really cool. It looks like a remade version of the film Alien Nation. I'm on board with this. I like it a lot. All right, Kevin, how do you feel about the Bright trailer? It looks enjoyable. Um, there's some charm to it. It definitely doesn't have, like, huge polish, but, I mean, they actually got some de- some like above average actors and actresses right they got a level actors to show up for this yeah and so i think what you're gonna get is a good but not great movie and i can watch it in the comfort of my own home whenever i want to so that immediately bumps it up a little bit all right then the next uh bright i think it looks cool uh i gotta go fast (laughs) because i don't want to go way over an hour all right the disaster artist obviously at some point (laughs) people who know us know that the room is going to come up on this podcast so you know we'll get the you'll get the full breakdown of the room at a later date but the disaster artist what do you guys think about the kind of um, Tommy Wiseau impression that uh, James Franco has busted out for this movie? Are you for it? Or are you against it? How do you feel? I'm kind of for the movie, so I guess I'm for it, but I feel like he could have done better. It does sound like James <laughs> Franco trying to be funny. Yeah. Like It does not sound like totally like Tommy. It, does, it sounds more True. of a joke than acting. Though the audio mixing on that on the original movie is so bad, I don't know if we exactly know what Tommy sounds like. True. Yeah. Oh, uh, hi, doggy. Uh, so, so the movie, uh, for those who don't know, The Room is like an all-time like passion project disaster movie that just is horrible. But but it's recognizes maybe the worst movie ever made. Cult classic status it is because real it's bad. just it's you just can't like watch that movie in a single setting. Correct, Kevin. I've done it and it's hard. Um, but a lot of booze. <laughs> but it's just a, it's kind of a fun. And then Mark Cicero, who's in the movie, wrote a book about playing Mark and making of the movie. And then now this movie's coming out about the book. Um, it's got a lot of really good comedians in it, so I'm really excited about it. Like it's got Charlene Yee and it's got Seth Rogen and it's got Dave and uh, James Franco. It's got um, the guy from How Did This Get Made, the ball guy. Um, uh, Paul Shear, Paul Shear, and like it's got like tons of people that I just think are funny and are really great. So I'm really excited to see it. I think it'll be a fun movie. I'm what my plan is to drink heavily with my family, uh, and my the people in this room probably watch the room, then go see the disaster artist directly after. That seems like the and way make to do a, that. and make a day of it. So that's that's my plan for that. I think it looks fun. All right, next up, Kevin, we've got. Well, actually, let's start with Eric because Eric's probably got the hottest take on this. Justice League, <laughs> the hottest take. <laughs> Eric, how did you feel about the Justice League trailer? Uh, I I'm not on board with this movie. It looks it looks bad. Having said that, that second trailer, fine, I'll go see it. I loved Wonder Woman. Ooh, this the second trailer was good enough that like because you were all out on this movie. Now you're like I'm okay, fine. I just I think trailer convinced you. It's gonna be ridiculous. It's not taking itself too seriously for it's trying to be more serious than the Marvel universe. But uh, I'm a DC guy, and Wonder Woman was fantastic, and I feel like Gal Gadot can carry this movie into decency. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think you hit the nail on the head there, where it's like the DC Cinematic Universe has a more serious tone, and this movie looks like it has maintained some of that tone, but it looks like they actually had fun with it, which is just like so great to see, because at the end of the day, it's it's people in tights, and it's got to be fun on some level or it's not going to be fun to watch for the audience. So I'm, I'm very excited. I think justice league, actually I, this made me very excited for it. I thought it was a really good trailer. The first trailer I thought blue, like I thought it was like one of the worst trailers I've ever seen. It made me not want to see the movie. The second trailer, I was like, okay, I'm back in. So like they wrapped me around. They were like, Oh, I, they, they got me back. So I'm excited now. I want, I want to see justice league. Kevin looks fine. Kevin, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, given the uh, the old that's the what that's what fine. I would say. All right, Kingsman, the Golden Circle. 
Yeah, uh, I went out and watched the first movie because I kept seeing the preview of the second, and I'm like, this looks like just a fun-ass time at the theater. Yeah, so Kingsman Golden Circle is coming out. It's the second in the Kingsman series. I highly suggest the first one. Now that Kevin has seen the movie, we can actually do a podcast on it because it is number two on list of movies I want to do, Kevin, yeah, just yeah, so you know. Just serious, fun-ass time. I made a... I made a uh, I made an uh, order of what movies I wanted to do on the podcast, and Kingsman was in the top two. Uh, this movie looks awesome. Channing Tatum, Chad Tatum as a statesman, which is the oh U.S. God, version of the Kingsman, so is so awesome. It's <laughs> yes. so perfect. The action is very actiony. The mm-hmm. jokes are well done. It has these like like the first movie had these funny references that were just very like cultural British comedy that just played well on the screen. And they get a lot of just really good actors and actresses to play every role. Yep, they got they got um they got all the dude to be in this one, so it, it looks fun. Eric, do you, yeah, are you excited for Kingsman as well? Yeah, man, uh, Kevin hit the nail on the head. It looks fun, yeah. and that's sometimes I just want that in a, it's the in best a movie. time. You, it looks like one of the best times you could have in a theater if you like action movies. Pacific Rim Uprising, the Jaeger, join the Jaeger Uprising teaser. Okay, this kind of hints that there's going to be some kind of Jaeger versus Jaeger conflict in this movie. Are you excited for that, Eric? Yeah, okay, I love Pacific Rim, the first one. It's mindless fun. It's giant robots versus giant monsters. Hell yeah, I'm into that. Having said that, I don't know. I would rather see a prequel because I don't... What are you doing on a sequel? Are we getting more monsters? What, what are we going to do? I thought you wrapped that up. Uh, no, I, it sound, looks from the trailer. Civil it looks, War. but Jaeger's fighting Pacific Jaegers. Rim, Civil War. Yeah, uh, giant robots duking it out. Sign me up. <laughs> Del Toro directing Giant Robots. I love John Boyega. I think he's a great addition to the to the team here. Like John Boyega is really great. Uh, what's weird is that Attack the Block has given us like multiple really good actors because not only did John Boyega come from this movie, but so did like Jodie Whittaker. And it's like, like yeah, I think that it's weird that like this small weird British movie has now like we've got these like big stars in it. Cause I mean, Jodie Whittaker is the doctor now for yeah. doctor who like, it's like we're big, we big time now. And I love that movie by the way, attack the block, highly recommended, uh, for by, by me, uh, Christopher Robinson looks cool. I'm excited. More robots fighting. Cool. I'm into it. I'm, I'm such a dork. I feel like a 10 year old right now. Del Toro really <laughs> wanted to do this movie. And the fact that he really wanted to do it and now has the chance to do it says a lot to me. So that means this is a movie that has, there's an idea behind it. There's direction behind it. And we know that they can make something fun and interesting. So I think you know what you're going to get. The floor on this movie is really high. Yeah. Like, it's not going to be just crap, I don't think. No, it'll like, look worst good. Worst case, it'll be like, man, this is really, like, action-y and fun, but the plot just didn't really do much for me. It's a seven. Yeah. Like, man, I'll go see a fun giant robot seven. All right. Ready? Player one. Okay, Steven Spielberg is coming back with a... This is like the probably the biggest sci-fi book of the last five years. He's directing uh, Ready Player One. Uh, there's a... There's some there's some star power in here, but it, look, it looks like it's pretty faithful to the book. And I I mean, not not in terms of like the plot's going to be the same, but in the fact that like the book is basically like a contest that the author had with himself. How many pop culture references can I jam into this book and have it still make cohesive sense? <laughs> Answers a lot. And answers a lot. And uh, I thought it was fun. It's a fun book. It's not, like, enriching. I don't feel like my life's better for reading it or anything, but it, it was certainly fun. So, uh, yeah, I'm, the movie looks cool. I'm excited. Uh, I, I, Spielberg's great, so it'll be it'll look great, and it'll be well... It'll make sense. So I'm, I'm pumped. Eric? I was just going to say, Spielberg doesn't really miss a whole lot. Uh, this movie looks all right to me. Okay, what's, what's Spielberg's biggest miss? Like, War Horse? Uh, AI, probably. Jaws Revenge? War Horse, maybe. Jaws Revenge. Good one. Kevin yeah, that's a good Michael Kane was in it, though. Kevin went the deep what, Did he do Jaws the, the Revenge, or did, did he pass it off by then? I imagine he was just a producer on it. He didn't, like, do But what about, what about artificial intelligence? I that actually is, don't mind AI. I don't mind like, that, but it's kind of panned by and it, people. And the thing is, is that it wasn't all him, right? He, like, took over the project halfway through. So it's like, how much of that is really his fault? Kevin, what do you think? I don't know. Uh, it looks fun. Uh, watch the trailer. If you haven't seen the trailer yet, the trailer's really enjoyable. I think it tells you everything you need to know. It's going to have a narrative that works. It's based on a book, so it won't fall apart completely. And the special effects look really cool. So as long as the acting isn't too bad, which I think Spielberg would just fire you if you sucked, Yeah. then it should be like a solidly enjoyable movie. Okay, I'm reading the list of, uh, of movies made by Spielberg. My least favorite is The Terminal. Those are the ones that once he directed. Oh, wow. 
That's I the one that I like the least. Yeah, when he directs a movie, that uh, Which, that's, that's not, a much higher bar. It's not even that bad of a movie. The it's, it's just it's just boring. It's just boring. It's, yeah. yeah. All right. So, Ready Player One, Steven Spielberg's new sci-fi action thriller. How about The Shape of Water? Another Guillermo del Toro movie. This one, the love story between Abe Sapien and a m- woman who can't speak. <laughs> right, right, Eric. Not really Abe Sapien from Hellboy, but yeah, a fishman romance. This movie looks incredible. Fish person. I, I just ah, oh, thank you, Kevin. I feel like, uh, I don't know how I missed this trailer. I saw it for the first time before we recorded. I'm stoked for this movie. Yeah, Kevin, how do you feel about it? It looks like a really quirky, interesting movie that should be fun. Like, it should yeah. be enjoyable. But, it, I don't know, it kind of reminds me of, uh, what was it, Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Unusual Children? Yeah. Um, Peculiar. Where yeah. It, it looked like, uh, you know, it's kind of like when, um, what's his name? Uh, the eccentric guy who cast Johnny Depp and everything. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Tim Burton. When Tim Burton used to make good movies, and you're like, oh, it's Tim Burton movie. I'll go see that. That should be interesting. Is that Del Toro for you now? Um, That movie is definitely that way. Like, as soon as I saw the preview for that movie, I'm like, huh, that should be interesting to watch. I I should enjoy the experience of having done it and have a quality conversation about it later. Yeah, Shape of Water looks like a fun one. Uh, All right, speaking of fun, though, Thor Ragnarok. (laughs) <laughs> trailer two drops bro it Thor. is even more bro comedy than the first trailer eric i need to know how does that make you feel i don't really care about thor at all the the hulk in this movie that's that's what i want to see because i'm i'm gonna hit the big screen and i can't wait to see what i do because uh, it does look like it's pretty Thor Hulk centric. Yes, it really it's does. Like a, like a buddy comedy, and the buddies are Thor and Hulk. I feel if like it's not. It's gonna get panned hard. It's gonna be fun, and we've talked about like the Kingsman, the movie that looks, you know, the sequel looks really fun. This looks fun and stupid. <laughs> so how stoked am I? Not that stoked, but I'll probably see it. Well, Taika Waititi has the key to my heart, and he proved it again when today he announced at Comic Con, or he announced at Comic Con in the interview today. I watched it. Sorry. That the runtime of this movie is only a hundred minutes, and I was like, Taika, you just need to know. You just know what I like. You know that you're not gonna. <laughs> this movie's not gonna screw around. There's not gonna be a bunch of extra bullshit. It's just gonna be an awesome, fun Thor movie. I'm like, I'm so in. I'm so in on this movie. It's unbelievable. Uh, you'll see how in in a minute, I guess, when we rank our top three. Uh, Kevin, it looks fun. It just looks like a fun, enjoyable movie. Um, doesn't take itself too seriously, it shouldn't, because that's not the way they wrote Thor. All right. So, should be a good time. And the last one is Triple Threat. Triple Threat is uh, it's kind of a sneaky one. I, I snuck it on here, kind of, because it's it was a movie made for me. <laughs> it's it's a kung fu action, the movie. Uh, it stars Tony Jaa, and uh, another kung fu star who is not gotten a big chance yet, and I think this looks like the first movie he's in that's not total, where the plot's not trash, where I'm not just kind of waiting for the next action sequence. So, uh, Triple Threat. I highly recommend watching the trailer if you are into martial arts films. Uh, that's kind of like a just a I had to put it on there kind of thing. Although it was announced at Comic Con. Do you guys have any comments on Triple Threat, or can we go to our lists? Uh, I'm all in on this movie. All right, I really want to see it. Okay, Eric. Yeah, I'm in. It looks really entertaining. Your top three, Eric. What three movies uh, that we just talked about are you most excited for? In order. Uh, number number, th- number was, three. Oh, starting going three, two, yeah, one. Go three, two, one. Ooh. Oh, why'd you have to start with me? Okay, fine. I'll go first. You Please want me to do. go first? Yes. All right. Number three for me is uh, Kingsman. I think Kingsman looks like a great time you could have at a theater. I think uh, number two for me is uh, Ready Player One. I think Ready Player One is going to be really cool, and I loved the book. Like, I read it twice, and I mean, it's not like, like I said, it's not a great book, but it's just a really fun read. And number one for me, I'm real excited to see Thor Ragnarok. I can't help it. Like, I just love the look of this movie. I love the director. I think Chris Hemsworth just yucking it up all the time is just so funny. And he's he, like, releases, like, one video every three weeks that's on Facebook that's funny. And, like, I just can't take it anymore. I want to see this movie. Like, I'm pumped for Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Eric, your top three. All right. I think I'll go. I know I'm forgetting one. Let's go Kingsman at three. Giant Robo, Robots in Pacific Rim at number two, All right. and, and The Shape of Water, number one. Oh, nice. You're really excited oh, for Shape yeah, of Water. Right. Very nice. All right. It looks like a movie you could take your wife to see, and she'd totally be into it, I too. feel like I'm going to be like, oh, I meant this this movie at number three. You know, I'm really having a hard time, and they're polar opposites. At number three, kind of tied, I have Ready Player One and Triple Threat, and for very different reasons. Ready Player One, I feel like, is a guaranteed level of quality experience. Yeah, it'll be fun. And Triple Threat potentially could be amazing or a five 
Yeah, it could be. Like a, it, it could be one of those two. It could be a stone like average movie with great action sequences yes. for sure. Yeah. And so, like, I really anticipate it, knowing that it might absolutely just dash my hopes on rocks. Uh, my number two is Thor, because you know, the older I get, the more there's certain types of movies I'll turn out to the theater for. Shape of Water, I really look forward to watching at home. Thor, I really look forward to watching on a big dumb screen because it's a big dumb movie. <laughs> and I like big dumb movies on big dumb screens. And my number one movie is Kingsman 2. Okay. Yeah. It just looks like a guaranteed good time, and that's all I want when I go see a movie in theater. We all had Kingsman. We all had Kingsman. It's the only movie that made all three of our lists. Uh, so there we go. Uh, that's our that's our Comic-Con trailer breakdown. And, uh, this is a really with, cool idea, With Nate. that, I, uh, I bid you adieu. Ten, well, I encourage you, send me your top three trailers from Comic-Con. Tell me what you're excited about. They could be and, trailers we didn't watch. Yeah, they could be you could, any movie trailer. Like that Snowman trailer. If you send me a TV trailer, I'm going to be like, bro, I just said we weren't talking you. about TV. But we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks! <laughs>